them. That's why they love her like that. She handed out, she handed out snacks in the, in the service. Ryan, we slipping, sir. We should be handing out snacks. We should be handing out snacks and we, the people will, they'll be on our team more, right? <laughs> they'll be on our team more. Let me see what time it is. Okay, I see my time. That's ready to rock. Okay, so First Kings, and Lord, we, again, I thank you and I pray I need your help to say what you want to say. The people have had a craving and a hunger to worship this morning. There's been an atmosphere, an attitude, a desire, a, a longing, a desperation to worship. And so I pray, God, uh, that you were filled, that you were satisfied with that sacrifice of worship. And I pray, God, that you would help me to uh, to do my part now and to encourage them and to enlighten them so they can they can walk this out and, and lives be touched and changed in this process in Jesus name. So here we are again. The backstory we know that there is a, a famine uh, caused by a, a rain drought. And Elijah is the source of this thing uh, under instruction from God. He prayed and he shut down the that there be no rain. So here we are two and a half, almost three years later. And the Lord comes to Elijah and he tells him, he says, I want to go ahead. I want to bring the rain back. And so Elijah had, goes and he has a contest with the prophets of Baal about calling down fire. And he kind of mocks their God. You know, boy had swagger. He mocked their God and told him in one case, he said, maybe your God is in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> And so he goes on and they couldn't do it. So Elijah stepped up after he had poured water on the wood, called down fire and caught the wood on fire. One of the greatest uh, contests in the history of contests. Now, we like the Super Bowl. I would have I would have liked to have been there for this one right here. We like the Super Bowl. We like the UFC. But Pastor Eli, this was the event to be at. This was where you're supposed to show up, you know, with your lady, with her earrings. <laughs> You know, sparkling earrings in your tuxedo and in your on your arm, and they're supposed to announce that you're there, and you got ringside seats for this is the battle, the epic battle of the ages, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where we should have been. This is where you break out the mink coat. This is where you come, you know, and, and you see this is the battle of battles right here. So Elijah went through that. He he of course he won because we serve the one true God. He called down the fire, ordered these guys to be killed. And then we move on to the, the, the thing that God wanted to do. How many of you know that sometimes God will have something that he's trying to get to you, but there's a process and there may be some struggles and some things that go before that, right? So he went through the struggles and the process and the thing to get before that. And then now he's at the door of the thing that God told him he wanted to do. And so we're going to look at a, something that I think that we have, you know, we've missed over a period of time in this story. And so let's start here in verse 41. Uh, and so, okay, yeah, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. And you know, I've broke this thing down to y'all several times. We've looked over this. And so uh, what the point that we take from that is that, uh, that people, prophetic people or people who have, uh, or people of faith, that have a relationship with God, we can see and hear things that other folks don't see. We privy to information. God's going to speak some things into our spirit. So here he has confidence, right? That it ain't rained in years, but today, right now, this is about to happen, yeah. right? And so he says, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up and eat and drink, for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. 
Verse, uh, verse 42, we can take our second point from there. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between his knees. So we understand here the person of faith, uh, the prophetic person, the person with the relationship with God, right? Which really the, everything stems from relationship. Uh, they're a person of prayer. So that's what he's doing. He's putting his face between his knees in a birthing position. Now, mind you, God is the one who instructed him to be about this mission. Yep. Right? He instructed him to be about this mission. And uh, he said that he was ready to bring the rain back. So he's doing these things under God's instruction. So he's there and he goes into this birthing, it assumes this birthing position, this uh, travailing prayer position that he's going to, going to cooperate with God to produce the desired result that God wants to produce. You see the third thing about a relationship of a prophetic person or uh, uh, a person of faith in, in verse 43. And he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Go again seven times. And the Lord woke me up with this and, and, and many times I've looked over this and I've said to myself, I've just looked at it and spoke on it from the position of persistence. From a position of persistence. But this wasn't just a position of persistence. This was a position of knowing and a position of courage. He knew yeah. that it had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So when his man came back with the report and said, I can see there is no manifestation, it looks or it appears that absolutely nothing has changed. So in the face of adversity, in the face of there is no manifestation, there is no seemingly no hope, there's nothing different, nothing has transpired, there's nothing different from the point we started this until now. Even though God said this is supposed to happen, absolutely nothing is different. But he told this man out of knowing, go again seven times. That's seven times that we understand that God uses metaphors. The Bible uses metaphors. And maybe the seven was a specific thing. But he told us metaphorically, you keep going and looking until you see something because it has to happen. In the face of adversity, even though right now we see nothing, you continue to go and look because there is no choice. Other for anything other to happen than what God says is going to happen. Yeah. We may have to work out the process. Lenny, we have to pray out the process. We may have to stand into the face of adversity, assuming a prayer position, be out here and seemingly there's nobody else along the side of us. But you go again and keep looking until you see something because there's no other choice when God says something other than for it to happen. Right. Other than for it to happen. Now let's watch this. You say, well, man, sometimes you can't say that, preacher. So you can't say that. But we, let's look at process that other people ran. Let's look at the process that other people ran. The, the right was there was other people trying to get stuff to fly. But the right brothers, one that we, we, we give the credit to for coming across the process. Yeah. Well, you, you look at the History Channel. Uh, 
about the, the, the inventions that changed America, the men that changed America. They were racist for people with power tools that were creating drills and all of this kind of stuff. People were, uh, were creating different processes, washing machines, uh, tractors, and all of these type of things. But, that, but some of them fell by the wayside. Their process didn't work. So are you going to tell the man who uses a tractor to plow his field today? I'm getting country on him this morning, Brother Cooper. <laughs> are you going to tell the man who uses a tractor to plow his field today that tractors don't work because one man failed in the process? Come on, come on. No, you're not going to do that. You can't do that because people driving tractors. They selling tractors. They had to go through the process with those tractors. They, I forgot the, the name of the man who came up with the track. You know how you see the, the tractors roll uh, with, with those, with those uh, tracks? Some of them got the tires, but let's say tanks. They was on the tractors at first, right? So they put the, the wood pieces on the track because the, the tractors kept getting stuck in the mud because they were so heavy. And so that's how they came up with the tank. They were selling these tractors to our allies overseas, and the allies overseas needed them to move food from one place to the other place in the time of war. And somebody came up with the idea, if we put some, some uh, metal covering on top of this, we can roll these into battle and shoot out of them and do whatever else we needed to do, right? So, but there are several guys that, that started out. There, matter of fact, some of the most famous names of companies that you know, that you know and you see today, the, guy, the people who run the company and own the company now, they're not the ones who started the company. Because the guy who started the company, named it after himself, couldn't figure out the process. And so the other person took what they had started with and said, oh, here's a, a process that will work. Yeah, yeah. So, so just because somebody else, well, look, I prayed one time. That's not the process. Right. One time prayer is not the workable process. I want you to say this with me. Say, praying for a little while is not the process. That's not the way the process. Daniel, the Bible says that he was in fasting and prayer for 21 days. That process broke through. Right? So some of us get in process not for 21 days. We can be in process for 21 hours. And when it don't work, then we give up on the process. Your process was not a winning process. So you can't throw the baby out with the basketball and say it don't work. Right? So here he is, this man of God with a word from God, with an instruction from God that I want to bring the water back. He sets himself down through a hard process of prayer, puts his face between his knees, and at first he starts to pray. You would think that if God, then that's the common thinking for everybody. If God said it, it's going to happen. Well, God has said it, and it didn't happen for him when he first started praying. It didn't happen. So he had to proceed. He had to continue in prayer. And as he continued in prayer, he told his man, he said, listen, Whatever clothes you got to change. I don't, you, you got your church shoes on right now. Go home and put on your tennis shoes and get yourself comfortable because you're going to be running back and forth because we're going to stay here till this thing pops off. We're going to stay here till this happens. It's got to happen. So he wasn't hoping it was going to happen. He was knowing it was going to happen. So he told his man, we're here for the long haul. I have heard stories of my man, Noble Hayes. Right, Norval Hayes, my man, if you ain't never listened to Norval Hayes stuff, go on to YouTube and listen to it just for entertainment purposes, if you have to. But <laughs> amazing anointing on, on the man of God. I used to preach with John Osteen. And Norval Hayes would tell stories of times when he would be up overnight with people that were sick, or up overnight with people that, that were demon-possessed. 
And he has this one story he tells. He says, I was in there with the person I was praying, and, uh, and the person was demon-possessed, and we had went over there to pray for him, and all of a sudden the thing said, water, water, we want water. This way he talks. He's a great storyteller. Great preachers. Great, all great preachers are great storytellers, right? And so he, he, he says, he tells the story, so he says, we don't give devils water. Right. So one of his methods for casting out the devil was a starve it out, thirst it out, Pastor Ben. So so but he's just telling the stories and he prays and they get breakthrough and the person gets free. All right. And so uh, understand. So when people so when guys like that, that we've known over the years, great faith preachers will come and they would teach and people would say, well, it didn't happen for me. Somebody come down and want to see the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right. Well, I didn't get it. You know, it's that. And the other. Well, you know, uh, Lester got it and Susie got it and. And Maria got it, Jackie got it, Fred got it. That just because you you didn't get it, that don't mean it don't work. Amen. And most times in that process, most times in that process, the person will not release their faith. You won't. And when I'm talking about release their faith, they won't make themselves vulnerable, right? They're afraid of how they're going to look. They're they think this is foolishness, speaking in another language. And so because these things are in their mindset, they won't release themselves to have the experience that, 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 that Susie and Johnny and all these other people just got. Because they were saying, well, well, uh, shoot, I, I, you know, I'm just going to trust and see and move into thing. And that's, that's how, that's one, that was the first sign for me to believe what I couldn't see when I dealt with God. I was a sinner. I was a person. I was a non-believer. And I came down to the altar because I wanted to have my life changed. I came to answer the altar call. And there was a woman that was there. And this woman uh, said, you need to be filled with the spirit. I knew right off from watching TBN she was talking about tongues. And I didn't believe in that stuff. Right? I don't believe in it speaking in tongues and all y'all falling out and all this stuff that happened in church. I don't believe in I was a non-believer in that stuff, Pastor Eli. So, but I had to desire. I, I, I was after an end result. I was after change. Yeah. I didn't want to be a criminal anymore. Yeah. Right? I wanted to be a faithful husband. I wanted to be a good daddy. And if God was the source that would help me change, yeah. then I, I had to pursue that. Right? So then I come down, and the lady, she prays for me, puts her hand on my head, puts her hand on my stomach. So I'm, well, see, look, see right there, she shouldn't be touching you. She shouldn't be touching you. Look, man, you worry about the wrong thing. You worry about the wrong thing. It was a whole bunch of other people up there. And man, she, and I was, I was still like, I'm thinking to myself, the only person that's going to be embarrassed if this don't work is you. I'm thinking about the lady. Because she, she brought it up. And I said to myself, oh, well, I don't have nothing else to lose. So I, I, I was willing to go along with this foolish suggestion if it would help me change. And so then I did. And all been lo and behold, there I am looking at my mouth, watching my jaw go up and down, and I was not even doing it. I started it, but I wasn't doing it. And it shocked me. It shocked me so bad that here I'm one of the hypocrites on the TV. Now I fell down, like all these other people. Now I'm on the ground. I didn't fell down. I don't even believe this, and this is happening. The whole church is clapping because they know how bad of, how big of a sinner I was. And so I'm getting up off the floor with my suit. And man, it wasn't just my mind got changed. Something happened to change on the inside. Because from that day forward, my desire to change came from the ability to, I, I took on the ability to change. Now, man, I don't have to be that guy no more. When I got off the floor that day, I was different. It was a wrap. 
right? So some mental stuff happened, but the spiritual stuff was the main thing that happened. But so you can't say that it won't happen if you're not willing to participate in the process, right? Jesus did incredible miracles, but we look at Jesus's prayer life. But you say that was God. But the Bible says that Jesus became poor, right? That we might become rich. Part of his poverty and becoming poor is that he left his, stat his, his place of stature. He left his position in heaven to come down here compared to heaven. This is a poor place. Yeah, yeah. This is a, a weak place, right? So he came down here to be like us, to participate like we did. He accomplished things that's through the same means that we're supposed to accomplish them, through prayer and through faith. Right. And again, I, like I told you this, man, if you if you if you when somebody is teaching you that that through trust and faith, things can change, things can switch uh, uh, circumstances, atmospheres, things can change and switch. Man, you can't blame the preacher for that because Jesus was the first one teaching that. He was the first one to teach it. And you have to be what you have to do is you have to be honest and you have to go home and you have to say, Jesus, I have a problem with your preaching. He got it. You have to go home and say, Jesus, I have a problem. Man, appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Jesus, I have a problem with your preaching. And let's go and look at what, what, one of the things that Jesus said that we might have a problem with. Let's go over to Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. I'm telling you, man, you can't get mad at the preacher for preaching what, what Jesus said. But you're twisting it up. We're not going to twist up nothing. We're just fixing to look right here. Right here what he said. We don't have to add no ingredients to it. We don't have to turn it into no Twinkie. Amen. You know Twinkie got all kind of ingredients in it. It's just an avocado. Right? It's just one ingredient to it. This is what Jesus said. Mark 11. Mark 11 starting verse 22. Well, let's look at uh, let's look at why this happened. Let's look at why this happened. Start at verse. Let's start at verse fourteen. Let's start at verse fourteen. Mark eleven fourteen. And Jesus answered and said unto it. So he came, the Bible says first off he came upon a tree and there was no fruit on it, and so Jesus begins to talk to the tree. Right. They would call the hospital ambulance and put him in a white jacket if he was here today talking to trees. <laughs> right. And Jesus answered. Watch this, Daniel. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Pay close attention. And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit from thee hereafter or, or forever. And his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them who sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, it is, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of nations, a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Then he goes on, it says, and the scribes and the chief priests heard it. And they saw how they might destroy him. All right, so they got upset with the man of God. The man of God, just tell a lot of people get upset when they don't hear from God what they want God to say. Right. And the scribes and the chief heard it and they saw how they might destroy him for they feared him because all of the people were astonished at his doctrine. Verse 19. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. 
Remember the fig tree from uh, verse 14? That same fig tree said it was dried up from the roots. Now, he didn't, he didn't tell them, listen, I need you to go over to, what's the name of our hardware store here in town? No, 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 oh, no, the tractor supply. That's where they got all the stuff you kill stuff with over there. <laughs> kill, kill animals and insects and all that kind of stuff. He didn't tell them to go to tractor supply and get the stuff so we can sprinkle around the tree and do it like this. Now, what's the instruction say? No, he just talked to it and told this, this is your situation right here. This is what you, from, because I'm the Lord, and these are my words, boom, boom, this is what that is. All right. And so uh, what verse we stop at? Verse 20. And in the morning they passed by and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now watch this. And Peter calling to remembrance and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree, which, is, which thou cursest, is withered away. So they, they with Jesus. They learning from Jesus. They get on there and they say, man, this is the tree that you curse. He said, look at it. They was excited. There was a learning moment. There was something happening. Remember what I said about moments. Moments create momentum and momentum creates movements. Right? That's why, that's why when, you, when, you come, uh, when you miss church and somebody say, man, y'all should have been there. Because what they're saying is we had a moment. Something happened. We shared something there that may not be able to be duplicated. Right? We were in the house. Well, I was watching it, but no, 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 no. Well, we were there. Right? Well, what happened this morning? What, what Pastor Ben initiated, that was a moment. It was a moment. If, if you had to be here. Yeah. Right? And experience the worship. It was a moment. Right? At certain times, at, at the altar, we have moments. Uh-huh. Right? Never underestimate the power of a moment. Amen. A moment can change your life. That is unless you're too smart. If you're too smart, then moments ain't valuable to you because you know everything. All right. So uh, let's, let's go back over to verse 21. And Peter calling to remember said unto him, Master, behold a fig tree which thou curses withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. Yeah. What? Do you preaching that same stuff that them Copeland boys and, and the Hagen boys, they... They preaching this, you know, the Charles Cap boy. If you one of them, Jesus, I didn't know you was one of them. Some of y'all didn't know Jesus was one of them. Some of y'all watching social media, listening to this podcast, you didn't know Jesus was one of them, did you? Jesus was the first of them. So the disciples, they were amazed at something that Jesus had done. Daniel, they were amazed at something Jesus had done. And then Jesus tells them, his response to them, and Jesus answering them said to them, have faith in God. For verily or truthfully, I say to you, you're amazed at what I did, but I'm going to talk to you now. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever, he took it from y'all being amazed at what I did, Pastor Ben and flipped it around and said, whosoever, in other words, it ain't just me. He told them the qualifier was to have faith in God. For, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He said it's not just about me. He said it's about whosoever shall have whatsoever. And then he gave the qualifier. He said, but you cannot doubt and you have to have faith. Right? And so you saying it's not working for me. 
Well, he told you the doubt, you got to flush out the doubt. We must scrub the doubt out. And we must put the belief in. He said, when we get these things working, whosoever can have whatsoever. Now, if you still, if, listen, let me tell you something. I've been, I've been teaching this. I've been living this for almost 30 years. And I'm still working on some of the doubt. I'm still working on some of the doubt. There are times, Daniel, when I can get all the doubt out. And I can speak forth boldly and there's a pure flow. And I see things change. There are other times, according to circumstances and what's been going on, he talked about in Mark chapter 4. Right? He talked about the condition of the soil. Or the condition, he talked about the soil as the person. The condition that you're in will disqualify you from seeing the fruit of what you want to get. So at different times, listen, you, you're not just good soil all the time. And you're not bad soil all the time. Right? So, so when I'm in seasons that I'm flowing and I'm reading and I'm uh, having good church attendance and I'm fellowshipping with God, my relationship is right, I'm good soul in that moment. Praise God. You can tell something, I can hear a word and I, I can receive it and I can speak it out, I can believe it, I can see change. There's other times when I'm out of fellowship, when I'm busy with being busy. That third condition of the soul, when I'm busy with being busy, or I'm surrounded by people who don't believe, and they're telling me that it's not going to happen and why it can't happen and what all the statistics say, then I'm not being good ground. But he said that when, when the conditions of the soul are right. <sighs> I feel like a little bit like a preacher today. Today, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong. It's funny, right? Pastor Eli, I don't always feel like this. this is a new thing for me, right? And so he says, according to the condition of the soil, it's the results of the outcome. So we're not going to always label and say what's not going to happen. We're not going to label and say what can't happen. Amen? I don't know, according to the statistics, they took, they wheeled or rolled or escorted, I don't know how many people with Eli's same condition into their house, in that operating room. And very few of them came out with the results. But it was because of the condition of the soil of the folks around him, including him. In the moment. In the moment. Jesus tells him here, he says, verse 23. Again, they were marveling at what he had done. They were shocked. They were amazed, and rightly so, at what he had done. And so Pastor Eli, he goes and he flips it around. He says, for verily I say unto you, you're thinking about me, but I want to tell you something in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about your potential. Mm-hmm. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, Pastor Amelia, those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever success in his foundation business that he can believe for. Did you hear what I just said back there? Sound man, Pastor Ben? That whosoever, if I take the doubt out and I throw my faith over into God, over the years, it seems as though nothing has worked. But I have sat in an environment where the word is appreciated. The word is celebrated and not just tolerated. So the condition of the soil of one Benito Valdez has changed. 
The soil condition has changed. And now I believe what's different this time. We were just out there and we couldn't catch any fish. But Jesus is in the boat this time. The conditions have changed. JV Universal. Welding. How many times have we heard this story of JV Universal Welding? How many times have we heard the story? That boy would just get on your nerves talking about JV Universal Welding. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to inform you that it's not just a hat. There is a sign, amen, and there is a building, and there is work going forward because the condition of the soil, it changed. My man Javier roll up in here, looking at all this dirt. So there's some different dirt up in this joint, right? That's all we are. Ain't nobody, we ain't, we ain't saying we nothing. We know we ain't nothing, right? But dirt, he the man. He said, look at all this dirt up in here. This dirt, these people, these people believe that they can do this thing. And so in front of our eyes, his dirt changed colors. Yes. His dirt changed colors and said, we can, we can pull this off. Yeah. We can pull it off. The condition of the soil changed. Verse 34, therefore I say unto you that what things soever you desire when you pray, you believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And this is what my man right here, Elijah, implemented. This is what happened. He told his man, go home and change your clothes, do whatever you got to do. Ahab, you go up, eat, drink, get you some strength. Man, you be prepared to go as many times as you need to go because there is no other outcome. Than for this thing to go down the way that the Lord said it's supposed to go. I woke up in the, in the bed in the morning and I told you I've been having this situation with my nose. I'm taking these antibiotics. Man, they whooping me, man. Oh my God, I got three weeks cycle worth of these antibiotics. The man said, if antibiotics don't work, then we're going to have to put surgery up in your nose and take out some kind of fungus ball in there. I ain't, I'm like, I don't want no surgery in my nose, man. They had the CT scans on my face. I'm telling, man, y'all think I'm playing. This is a serious situation. I've been tortured. And so the man put up the CT scan and showed my, my sinus cavities. And on one side, it was totally clear. The other side, I kept telling you, it's this side. On this side right here, totally blocked. So he said, because it's so blocked and there's some discoloration, he said, I don't know if it's a uh, it's this fungus ball. If it's a fungus ball, we're going to have to get it out. We're going to have to go in there and get it out. He says, if it's, if it's just the infection, this stuff will get it. So me and the men and, and the pastors, we've been believing that we're going to get it out with this, with this antibiotic. I just want to stop smelling crazy stuff, man. <laughs> Tasting crazy stuff. I mean, have you ever ate something? <laughs> have you ever ate something and you immediately you know this is nasty? To the point that you spit it out. Imagine if, if somebody put a muzzle on your mouth and said, you can't spit it out. It's going to stay there for weeks and months and not lose its potency. That's what I've been dealing with. That's what I've been dealing with. And so in the face of all of this, now, here I have great Eli Pastor opportunity to practice. The Lord shares this revelation with me. I wake up in the morning, got the taste in my mouth, and I, some, I think I, start, I started to read this or, or pray or whatever, super early in the morning, and the Lord pointed it out. He said, it's got to happen. 
He said it don't matter what the adversity looks like, what the situation looked like, because in numerous situations in the Bible, they were facing adversity. There was no sign that it was going to happen favorably. And he said, you remember what you said that the men have been sharing? Uh, uh, Lenny shared it. Faith is believing that you receive, not waiting till you see it to believe it. Faith is believing that you receive, not waiting till you see it to believe it. And so he showed me, he said, this man had a revelation that based on what I had already said, based on my instructions, he had set his faith in such a way that it don't matter if it took how many months to get the job? If it took a year and a month and 13 days, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Yeah. I want y'all to say that with me. Say that from in here. Say, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. That's the attitude of faith that causes things to change. When you are based on something that God has said, not something you come up with yourself, but based on something that God has said, when you get the revelation that God said it, and so therefore, it does have to happen. But if you don't work the process, to the point the way it's supposed to be worked then you may not see it the bible says that faith by itself don't get the job done it said faith must be coupled with works in order to get the job done so there is a part that we have to play so he said my part that I have to play is to get myself here and pray and believe and the word of God is going to come to pass say it, say it with me say go again Seven times. Seven times. Because it's got to happen. Got to happen. Listen, you need to memorize that. And in the face of adversity, that's your confession. I will not give up. I will go again seven times. I will continue to go as much as I have to. I heard the man of God say this. He said, good yes back there, Gary. I heard the man of God say this. He said, if you're willing to wait forever, you won't have to. If you're willing to wait forever on the promise of God, you won't have to. When you say I'm waiting, you plant your feet and you say, listen, I, hey, I'm here. I'm not moving. Right? You, you're not going to have to wait forever. I'm almost done. Give me, give me a hot 10 minutes and we'll wrap up. Right? I'm, I'm running behind. I'm, I'm serious. I want to get these in because I don't want to go back over this next week. Um, in Psalms 119 verse 89, it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So when God says it is settled, and the Bible says of Abraham, according to Abraham, uh, uh, talking about Abraham from Romans 4.21, it says, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Yes. That's how Abraham, 90-some years old, got something that most 90-some year olds wouldn't believe could happen. Yeah. It says, he, he said, it's got to happen because this is the word of the Lord. So, How do I say this? <laughs> he had to minister these words to his wife. We have to go again. Go again until it happens. We have to go again. Go again seven times. I'm sure I don't know how excited she was about it. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably shouldn't have did. But it was his wife, and y'all get the point, right? So he was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. Go again seven times. This has got to happen. That's how they had the promised child. 
JB, you late to the party, man. <laughs> late to the party. The Bible says of Daniel that he was 20 days into his prayer and fasting. And so why did Daniel continue down this road? Why did he set himself in there? We don't know that 21 days was his goal. We just know that on the 21st day, again, Daniel, that's when it came. Right? Because he has set his mind, this is where we're going. This is, this is the outcome. It's got to happen. Say it with me. Say, it's got to happen. Say, go again. Because it's got to happen. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. And even after four days, I ain't too late. And he said, got to this place and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Even after four days, I'm not too late. He said, it's got to happen. In me is the power to perform what I say. In me is the power to perform what I promise. This is the Lord talking about. And so he, he, he understood and had confidence in what he said. In chapter 17, uh, in uh, 1 Kings, in chapter 17, he had, Elijah pronounced this famine. But as we read and we see that while everybody else was in famine, God made birds to bring him steaks. Now, this man pronounced the famine on everybody. He goes and chills by the water. And the Bible says birds are bringing him steaks. Bringing him, bringing, that's what it says. It says steaks. I don't know what, where they was getting the meat from, but that's what was coming his way. And when the brook that he was hanging out had dried up, the Lord moved or directed him to the widow who was about to starve to death. And while everybody else was going through this famine, Elijah had food because God made sure that he did. Don't base what God is willing or able to do for you on something that somebody else is going through. Write that down, Gibson. That was a good one. <laughs> Don't base what somebody else is going through and compare it to what God's willing to do for you. Just because somebody else is going through, that don't mean you have to be going through. Let's matter of fact, let's read it. Almost done. Almost done here. I said 10 minutes. I'm only five minutes into that 10 minutes. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Amen. Only with your eyes, lost all hopes. Lost all hopes. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. He said it can be all breaking out all around you, but just because you can see it, don't mean you have to be it. Just because you can see it, it don't mean that you have to be it. Listen, this, this situation here has caused, I told you, all kinds of problems. Or trying to cause all kinds of problems in my, in my life. But my revelation, every time I smell, every time I taste, every time I get annoyed, every time my sense is blocked up. What's coming out of my mouth now, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am wise. I am successful. I am full of joy, Amen. and I am protected. Amen. So you started messing with my health, I just started adding stuff on top of it. <laughs> and listen, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm struggling. I'm, uh, listen, I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. Listen, you don't have to be happy when you believe in God. That does not mean that the presence of fear is not there. But your pursuit and your belief is moving the fear out of the way. Yes. As you believe, and you get yourself to that place, and you watch it just flip around. You watch it just flip around. Amen? Saul being changed. Good word, man. Yeah, yeah. Saul being changed. Verse, uh, uh, 
Let's look at verse, go to verse 9 in uh, Psalms 91, verse 9. He says, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest, they dash, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So he, he's, he's talking, he's saying that there's a difference because of your positioning, because of your relationship, it don't have to go like it go for everybody else. There's a separation for, for the righteous and the obedient and those that walk by faith. We don't have to experience all of the bad experience that those who refuse to obey and those that refuse to believe have to experience. We don't have to experience it. We don't have to experience it. Yeah, man, we, I'm, I'm only here for one reason. I'm only here for results. I'm here for results. I'm here for one reason. I'm not, I didn't come here uh, just to run my mouth and say, well, the preacher preached a good message. No, God sent me here. I didn't even want to be a preacher. I continually try to deviate from, from that situation. I have to learn how to pull the reins back and stop myself. But I'm here for one reason. And man, I got accountability to what he said. I got accountability to God. Do you know and do you understand that, that even though all of these things are going on around us at some point, man, we're going to be in the presence of God and everybody has to give an accountability for how they live. Matter of fact, we get rewarded according to our obedience. We get rewarded according to how we've lived. We get rewarded. And so for me, I can't, it's not so important. It's not so important that I please everybody else. Say what they want me to say. Even teach what you want me to teach. Why come you don't teach more about this and about that? Because that's a, that's a symptom. We got to stop always looking. Sometimes, listen, while I have an infection... I may have pain, so I do need some pain pills. But I can't live off of the pain pills. I got to get to the root. Does that make sense? I may need some pain pills while I'm going through, but I can't live off the pain pills. I need the antibiotic or whatever is going to cause the infection to go away. And if I apply faith and trust to God to every area, whatever area that's giving me pain, whatever area that's infected, I can get rid of the problem. When my marriage, there's an infection in my marriage. And I'm taking the pills and I keep them tired of taking these pills. The woman with the issue of blood said it's been 12 years they've been trying to treat me. I'm tired of the symptoms. I'm tired of being tired. She says I need to go to the man that can deal with the root. I need to go to the man that can deal with the root. And she came to Jesus and she said, listen, no more. No more pain. No more symptoms. I got the root resolved. Yeah. If there's problems with your marriage, there's problems with your family, there's problems in your money, there's problems with your health, go to the root. Yes. Go to the root. The Lord showed me something last night that, that's going to change my life. I have been... It's got to happen. It's got to happen in some other areas of my health. And I came across these videos and it wasn't no quacks. It wasn't. It was simple and it was stuff that I had, that knew and kind of had worked in the past. But I didn't think it was something on an ongoing basis that I could do. And I saw it. 
because I had been praying. I said, God, I can't go out like this because this situation here is steering all kinds of, steering my eating habits in the wrong direction. It's steering everything, JV. And I said, God, you got to help me, man. You want me to work for you? You want me to stay here? You got to help me. Tell me you want to stay on the planet? Because I feel like I'm spiraling the toilet. You got to help me. And I took that attitude in the face of no matter how I felt, ever-present feelings, it's got to happen. I sit down and I pray and I make my confessions over my health, over the church, over my finance, over y'all. It's got to happen. And the Lord just all of a sudden, he just flashing in front of you. There it is. But at first, when he was praying, the Bible says that he could see nothing. He couldn't see nothing. And so let's watch this. In the middle of seeing nothing, you have to continue to believe. In the middle of seeing nothing, the process says I have to continue to believe. And then all of a sudden, guess what? There it is. There it is. In the middle of nothing. Well, we need this rain. Lord, you said the rain was going to come, Lenny. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the beginning of the Bible, Abraham out there, he says, the Lord shall provide itself a lamb. They prophesied in the book of Isaiah about the one to come. They prophesied about the word of God and spoke the word and prophesied about the Savior, prophesied about the Messiah. And then you know what? In John chapter 1, it says after they had did it for a while, there it is. There it is. The word became flesh. There it is. God is so awesome, but he ain't awesome in the way that you, your, your natural mind thinks that he is. He says, if you just stick with me, if you will apply, if you will trust and believe, God's greatest desire is to be believed. After all, that's the pathway to our salvation. It's belief and trust in him that he is, that he will save us and he made a place for us. He gave us this. When I gave them young kids them Bibles, that's what's in that book. The power to overcome peer pressure, to stand in the face of the people. They have to understand the purpose of why we're here. The purpose of why we live this way. And so they can be, continue to see there it is. There it is. And the young man go. Football player. Come here, football player. You're like, you know, you've been playing already. We're going to pray for this, this young brother. And I know they got a game in a little bit. I think they got to take off. We still got to get the offering. But they asked me to pray for him that he do good in this game, that they win this thing. I think it's, it's the right thing to do. We honor God in whatever pursuit that we go in. They say, well, sports pastor? Yeah. 